same tempo. Let's sing that song, um, I Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. So I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I've got to make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts me and tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name. All the wealth I want, wealthy fame is a good still I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, I started out traveling for the Lord many years ago. Had a lot of grief and woe But when I would stumble Then I would humble down I'd say thank the Lord I couldn't take nothing for my journey now Oh, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now Gotta make it to heaven somehow Though the devil tempts me And he tries to turn me around He has offered everything God and name all the wealth I want, wealthy fame, but if I could still, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Well, there's nothing in the world that'll ever take the place of God's love. All the silver and gold you could never buy a touch from above. Oh, when my soul needs healing and I begin to feel it is Oh 
surrender all in D. Amen. Uh, let's just sing this before we take our prayer request now before the Lord. So I surrender
softly, Brother Matt. I just have a couple of announcements and a few prayer requests. Um, we just want to uh, remember Brother Tom Ward. Uh, he's in the hospital uh, this evening due to uh, an accident that happened at work. So we just want to remember him. Um, I have a special unspoken prayer request um, listed here. I don't know by who, but the Lord knows that need. So we just want to remember that. And also we want to just remember the Smiths and uh, Sister Karen Buchanan, my aunt. Just uh, continue to remember her and also uh, continue to remember Sister Shirley Buchanan, my grandmother. She is uh, not doing well this evening, is at home sick. So uh, just remember her and um, all those who are not able to be here with us this evening due to travel or if they're having to work. So I uh, just uh, remember that need. But um, that is all the prayer requests I have here. Um, we do have two baptisms this Sunday, so uh, just remember that. And if I could have uh, Brother Josh come up at this time and pray over these prayer requests. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, it's just a privilege, Lord, to be able to gather, Lord, tonight and to worship you and to praise you, Lord. Lord, we ask you, Lord, just to maybe just put aside our hearts and our minds, Lord, if they're just on things outside of you, Lord, this evening, and may we just focus on you, Father. Forgive us, Lord, if there's any wrongdoings or any offenses, Lord, that may have committed today, Father. Lord, we just want to bring these needs, Lord, that we have before us, Lord, tonight. Lord, the Buchanan's, Lord, and the Smith's, Father, and especially Brother Tom, Lord, in the hospital, Lord. Pray, Lord, you just minister, Lord, to these that are missing, Lord, in our assembly tonight, Father. We ask you, Lord, just to be with us, Lord, in the remainder of our service, Lord, be with our pastor, Father, as he brings forth what's laid upon his heart, Lord, for our, his sheep, Father, Lord, tonight. We just love you and we thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may have your seats. We're going to sing a song here uh, just before Brother Barry comes forward this evening, but um, I just I wanted to share something that uh, I kind of had on my mind this afternoon as I'd woken up and was getting ready. Um, you know, the kind of person I am, I, my mind and brain is constantly, it's constantly going 100 miles an hour, and um, but at times it feels like it goes a million miles an hour, and you just, sometimes you feel overwhelmed, and you know, you have every day you're thinking of, you know, how am I going to you know, pay bills, you know, what's what's coming up next, what do I have to do today, tomorrow, what can I push, and then on top of that, you have the news, you have just all sorts of things at work that happen, we've got all sorts of things happening around the country that weigh on you, and again, someone like me, active imagination, it, it just adds to the fire, it adds fuel to the fire, and I was just thinking about it today, and I was like, you know, what do we do? You know, what can we do? And there's nothing we can't do. We know that. And I'm like, but how, how can I just get control? Because at times it's just, it's hard. It's hard to get control of those racing thoughts all the time. And I just got to looking it up, and I was like, you know what? I, I just want to know, and I just want to be able to share it. And I just stumbled across this scripture in Psalms, Psalm 94. Verse is Psalm 94, 18 and 19. 
it said, when I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of my, in my thoughts, within me, thy comforts delight my soul. That is, it's just one verse. It's really the only verse I could find within a short amount of time of, for those of us who are overthinkers and very imaginative. But just that one verse says, you know, your comforts, you come down into my soul and in my mind and you can take control of that. You know, no matter what it is, no matter what life throws at you, you know, it's just, you, you can come down and take control and just show us little by little that we need to focus on and I'm so thankful for that and you know this the song it is well with my soul it's, it's not to me it's not just about my soul you know it's everything my soul my mind my physical being it's, it's everything as well even though it may not seem like it at times it is and so you know reading that I just wanted to share that hopefully it can be encouraging to you um, but I wanted to sing uh, this song before Brother Barry comes this evening so So when peace like a
just as Brother Barry comes, let's sing the song, Consume Me, Lord, just as he comes this evening. So consume me, Lord, with the fire of your this afternoon. He was uh, at work with his bus and driving some uh, clients uh, back and forth uh, to their destinations and Brother Tom got out to assist somebody and never had the van in park and it began to roll and as it rolled uh, he made a lunge and that's when he fell and hurt his leg significantly and uh, he called me this afternoon right after it happened and uh, made it home and then uh, knew he had to go to the hospital. So uh, we're very thankful for the Johnsons who were there to help and to get him uh, packed up and in the car and off to the hospital. So he's at Catawba. He's been looked at already. Uh, they're just deciding now what they're going to be doing for Brother Tom, whether to keep him or not. Um, we want to remember Ethan McCafferty, who has a severe ear infection and uh, been struggling with that all week. Brother Fulcher, my father-in-law, has had a very rough week and uh, had a bad fall. Uh, he's uh, at home and they're just monitoring him very closely. Uh, he has a very delicate balance of being dehydrated and overhydrated. And uh, we'd ask you just to remember him in prayer. It's a very, uh, very fine line for, for him. Also as well, just before I came out, I was informed that Sister Rebecca Ivey was in a car accident. Uh, she was at a co-worker's house and uh, so they were right there able to help. There was nobody in, injured in the accident and Rebecca said that that was a, totally a miracle uh, that there were no injuries but she walked away from it and so did the other person. And uh, I told her I would mention that tonight. She's uh, okay. She's uh, with her folks and uh, I told her we'd be remembering her in prayer as well. The devil rages and it pays to be ready. I'll tell you that, it pays to be prayed up. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can turn to you, Lord, on behalf of all of these requests that we have. Knowing, Lord Jesus, that the enemy rages and he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But we believe, Lord, that your angels are encamped around about us, and they will be until we depart from this life. And Lord Jesus, you watch over us even when we sleep, and we're thankful for that. Lord, be the healer tonight to those that need it. Be the comforter to those who are distressed. Lift up the hands that hang down. 
Father, we commit these needs, Lord, and these serious needs into your hands, praying that you would be merciful and, Lord, extend your grace to them and your healing virtue. May it flow to each one of these individuals we've mentioned tonight. We love you and we thank you, Lord, and ask now your blessing upon this special service. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take your Bible tonight. Thank you, brothers. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to start tonight uh, there. <clears throat> you should have a document that looks like this. Everyone should have one. And if you don't have one, uh, the deacons can provide you with one. <clears throat> so you can follow along tonight if you'd like to do that uh, with me. Let's read the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Everybody have it, say amen. amen. Say this after me, I love my Bible. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We ask God's blessing on the reading of his word, and you may be seated tonight. <clears throat> so you should have this uh, physically, uh, just so you can have a physical reference and take home, and then tonight you can also make notes on it as well. And uh, interestingly enough, I did this same study. Uh, this is more extensive uh, tonight, but I did this same study January 2021. And uh, it was not, uh, it was, we never got the excitement back then that uh, we seem to have tonight. So uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to this uh, session tonight as part of our uh, little series on adoption, learning things the Father's way. And uh, this is, I think, a very... A uh, very important subject and one that hardly ever gets talked about. And besides that, what church have you ever gone to where the pastor allowed you to bring your laptop or your iPad to church? I mean, or log on tonight. Now, turn off your bells and ringers and whistles and everything else. And uh, I don't want to hear when you got an email or whatever else, so turn all that off. Uh, but if you're able to follow, I also sent you this with other stuff uh, just before it came out by email. So you should have gotten an update just before you got here uh, that has all of this information in it so that you will have the links live. So you can uh, click on the links when you get home, uh, not now, but when you get home and you can uh, follow along. So you have it in a printed form and an electronic form tonight so that you can use this as a reference. Also, feel free to pass it along to somebody. Uh, if, if you want to give that out to somebody else, you certainly can. Uh, it's the information is good for anybody, and uh, you're welcome to share that uh, in uh, among family or friends or whatever else. That's certainly fine uh, to do that. Nothing I give is copyrighted. Uh, nothing I give is uh, private like that. So you're welcome to take it and share it. I appreciate you all being here tonight and uh, making the effort to come and be with us. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to go quickly here, uh, but I'm going to be also be interactive. And what I want you to do tonight is I want you all to think about something that you would like to study in the Bible, okay? And I want you to summarize it in a word. doesn't matter what it is. I want you to think about your own personal study. If you could sit down now tonight and study anything you want to in the Bible about any question or any issue, what would it be? <clears throat> It can be something like holiness or temptation or uh, courtship. Uh, it could be about parenting. It could be about lust. It could be about uh, money. It could be anything at all. But put a, a, boil it down to a word or two, and uh, we're going to go 
we're going to go interactive in just a little bit, all right? And I want to uh, help you to be able to study uh, some of the things that you have on your, on your heart as well. Here's what I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to make you intellectual. I'm not trying to make you turn this into a cerebral process in, in studying the Bible. I want you to be able to study so that you, you personally can be edified uh, and know how, to, uh, know how to find something in the Scripture. And I'm giving you some of this stuff, probably most of it, uh, in the way that I would do it. And you don't, certainly don't have to do it this way, but I'm going to give you tools in your own toolbox so that you can take them out and develop your own system of studying the Bible. Probably most of you have a way of doing personal devotions or reading or studying uh, things uh, already. And if you do, great. You can have some things tonight to add to that. If you don't have any systematic way or any habit that you're into of reading the Bible or studying a subject, this will give you some of the groundwork that you need. I'm not going to answer all your questions, but I will uh, we'll at least try to get the first base, okay? tonight in doing this. Let me give you a little preamble uh, in saying when <clears throat> Brother Branham makes lots and lots and lots of comments about this. And uh, this is something that's really important because you've got to remember every, every single sermon he preached, he preached from the Bible. Brother Branham didn't preach from the message. He preached from the Bible. And it is the core of who we are. And it is the core of what we believe. So it's very important that we become familiar with it. I went to look online, just for fun. I went to look online to see if I could find some sort of a useful presentation about uh, how to study your Bible. And I found none, honestly. Uh, there were some people who had some good points. I didn't spend much time on this, and uh, don't try it at home, because uh, I f I'm not being critical, uh, and I'm not being um, uh, superior-minded or anything like that. I just couldn't find good tools out there uh, to help uh, to help. Uh, study the scripture the way that I'm going to show you tonight. But a couple of years ago in 2021, somebody here asked me, they said, uh, we, we, I want to buy a new Bible and I want to be able to learn how to use it better. Can you help me? And that got me thinking and I started to research and I started to pull together materials and resources and I put together what I felt, in my humble opinion, was a great document. And I gave it out to our senior Sunday school class uh, and it helped the person who asked me the question. But uh, I never got much traction with it any further than that, and I was, I was uh, a little bit surprised at that. But I wanted to share some of that with you tonight, and then you can take it and look at it uh, on your own. Now, you can, just to give you an idea of what you have here, if you were, um, if, if you were interested in reading uh, your Bible... And reading through your Bible, uh, that's a good thing. I can tell you in my lifetime, I think I've done it only twice uh, because I find it hard to be systematic and go all the way through one after the other after the other. And then if you have a reading guide and you're checking the boxes and you miss one, you think, oh man, I missed one and uh, I'm going to be punished. And then you try to catch up and then uh, you know how it is. You get, sometimes you have good intentions, but they don't always follow through. I'm not saying at all that you shouldn't read your Bible through from Genesis to Revelation. I think you should. And if you want to, there's a little uh, reading guide in the very back. The back two pages are, have a reading guide sample that you, can, uh, that you can find. Plus, I'll show you in a minute here, I have a site where they have, the, I think it's the top 10 Bible reading plans uh, for people who want to read their Bible. So a little in the New Testament, a little in the Old Testament, and so forth. So that's there. I also want to show you, too, if you will flip over in your notes here, 
uh, I gave you two sample Bible studies. One is found on page six. This is an example of a short study. And it's on pride and humility. And it's a a two-pager. And it includes some scripture, it includes some quotes, and it includes some of my comments that are in here. But it kind of gives you a little short study, and I put it on paper for you uh, just to see, okay, if I wanted to study on that particular subject, how, uh, what would I be looking for? So it's kind of a little sample there. If you go over on the page 8, you'll find an in-depth study. That is what I would do when I'm doing a sermon, say. So <clears throat> this is, this is uh, an in-depth study that really digs down deep, okay? And I call it the macro, micro, macro approach. You didn't think I was going to say something like that, did you? Macro means that when I study a subject like anger, for instance, anger is a big deal. It's a big deal in the Bible because God gets angry. Uh, people get angry. We get angry. We slam our, our groceries on the conveyor belt. Uh, we're, all, we're all subject to the pressures of this life. And uh, we find that God gets angry as well. And then the Bible turns around and says, uh, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So you know what? We're surrounded by this subject of anger. So I dug into that and looked into uh, the five stages of anger, what a person actually goes through personally, and talked about, uh, I, I began to research what, uh, how God feels about anger and examples of God's anger in the scripture. So you'll find it begins on page eight. It goes uh, all the way over onto page 13. So that's an in-depth study. And that's there as an example for you. I have literally thousands and thousands of these studies. And I hope that by the end of this, you'll be able to have some uh, information and knowledge and tools to be able to create your own studies as well. So this is, uh, this is fine for us to do. Bring me back to the PowerPoint here, if you don't mind. And uh, <clears throat> we'll just do a little, uh, like I say, a little preamble here at the beginning. Brother Branham said, now Jesus said in Matthew 7, why do you call me Lord and do not the things that I tell you to do? He said, we ought to study the scriptures. We ought to study the scriptures. And we ought to find out what God's program and plan is. Here's the 20th century prophet to the 20th century bride. We ought to study the scripture. We ought to find out what God's program and plan is. And he said, you call me Lord. When you don't do the things that I command you to do. So it's a different thing to be able to read the Bible and to be able to have an understanding of the Bible. Those are two different things, okay? But one thing is for sure, we ought to study the scripture. If you have your notes there, run over onto page four. Towards the bottom of the page, there is a quote there in 1954 called the prophet Elijah. When you see it, say amen. Now, this is interactive, folks. You've got to help me out here. So when you see it, say amen. Now, that's what we do, Brother Branham said. I'm on the bottom of page four, second last quote. Sometimes four, four. What? All right, all right. You're a page ahead of, you're, a page, you're on page five. I'll forgive you this time. 
Now that's what we do. Sometimes we go off on a tantrum somewhere and not think about God and not pray over it and ask the Lord whether we should do it or not. And we find out that our supply of blessing is cut off. That's a human experience. Sometimes we think we're doing the right thing and we rush ahead and we make decisions and choices and so on. And he said, when we find all of a sudden, you know, that the, the valve is closed. And then we wonder sometime, well, wonder why I can't uh, have no more blessings. He said, you don't watch, you let down in your prayer life and you say, well, I'm a Christian. And that's the more sign you should pray, pray more than ever. Read the Bible, you should underline this, read the Bible every day, pray every day, don't make any decisions too harshly or too quickly without first considering God about it. So that's what a Christian does. He reads his Bible every day, prays every day. We don't make decisions too hastily. We want to find the mind of the Lord. So this is what Brother Branham says. You'll find hundreds of places where Brother Branham does that. I found this interesting. <clears throat> there was a, uh, a question uh, that I found today. Is it a sin to write, mark, or highlight in the Bible? Well, obviously, some people don't think so. I find that the best way for you to study is to study the way you study. I'm not trying to make you like me, and I'm not trying to tell you you need to study like me. I am telling you that uh, it's good for you to have your own system. Uh, some people, uh, you know, they would never open their Bible unless they had a pack of, you know, 50 different colors of markers. Uh, and other people don't want to write in their Bible at all. They carry a notebook, and they never write in their Bible, never underline anything. And that's certainly, uh, certainly up to them. There's no right, right or wrong answer to this one. So Brother Branham says now, in God hiding in simplicity. Now this is the beginning. You've got to notice now. I've only got a few quotes here, so follow me. He says, in the, in the beginning of the seven seals, this is the turning point of his ministry. This is breaking into an, er an area of scripture in the book of Revelation and a stage of his ministry that nobody has ever gone before. This is an area nobody's ever gone before. Because now he's going to definitively help us to understand what the book of Revelation is all about. Which was clothed in mystery for years since John the, ba John the Revelator uh, received it on the Isle of Patmos. And now he's got a key in his hand. Now watch what he says. Now study that. He said study it all. And you people who are visiting here, when you go to your motel room, take these things and ponder over them. We don't have time to break it down as it should be broke down. But I want you to do it when you get to the motel or hotel or wherever you're staying or at home. <laughs> uh, Brother Branham, you're the one here opening up the seals and you're giving us homework to go home and figure it out. <laughs> you understand what he's saying? You take it home now and read. I don't know if you ever, you ever noticed this quote before, but my goodness, that made me a little bit nervous when I was reading it today. You mean I've got to... I've got to come to the right conclusion here after uh, things you don't get completed and finished here. I've got to do that. Well, let me tell you, that would make any one of us worried except for the next screen. The next screen says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So we're all subject to the Holy Spirit because Brother Branham knew the same Holy Spirit that gave him the understanding also gives us an understanding. And unless we have a revelation of what we're reading, it's just reading the Bible, right? So we want to pray that God gives us a revelation of what we're reading. And the Holy Spirit promised that he would. 
So sometimes before we read, we should say, Lord, you promised as the spirit of truth to come and guide us into all truth. And I'm asking that you would do that now, even if I'm only reading a verse or two like Mitchell said tonight. And I disagree with something Mitchell said. He said when he was looking for a verse, he stumbled on this one. I don't agree with that. I think, I think the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we have need of and puts things in our pathway. It's not a stumbling, and it's not just a guesswork, and it's not just a perchance. I believe that God gives us the right word in season, and that's what makes a difference in our lives. That's why it stands out, right? That's why it has the impact on us, is because the Holy Spirit quickens that word. Remember, you can read it, you can memorize it, you can teach it even, but only the Holy Spirit can quicken it. He's the one who reveals it, and that's who you want to have on your team as you go forward in this study here. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So that is exactly uh, the confidence that we have. And that's why Brother Bram said, could say, take it home and study it. You know, when you have questions, write them down at home. And he says, you know, uh, look up these things, study these things. He says many, many times in the scripture. And uh, I, I will tell you this, that somebody who's, who has uh, the true baptism of the Holy Spirit has a teacher inside them that guides them and quickens that word and makes it real. Now, here's what's true. If you have the true, genuine Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you and quickening the word to you, and that same Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and quickening the word to a prophet, they're not going to conflict. And I'll tell you what I do. Whenever I find my understanding conflicts with a prophet or with the Bible, I'll lay down mine and take the absolute. That's what I do. Because I have been wrong many, many times in my carnal understanding of things. Why should we study the Bible? Why do we need to study the Bible? Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. And number one, uh, we should study because there are things you're going to run into that you don't have answers for right off the bat. There are things that you're going to need to learn and study and look into because we don't always have, uh, we don't always have an answer uh, the tip of our tongue. So sometimes we need to study this. Sometimes your kids will throw questions at you like, where does God come from? Right? Uh, Peter and Rachel were telling me the boys got together and, and said, sit down, we got a question for you, and where does God come from? They said, that is for your pastor. <clears throat> so there are things that you're going to encounter in life that are going to be questions, and there are going to be questions that you're going to be asked in defense of the scripture and in defense of the message you believe. So it's easy in here for me to say, well, Brother Bram said this and Brother Bram said that, and, uh, you know, the church ages are this and that, and the seals say this and that, and, you know, and the Bible says that. Easy for me to say that in here because we're here because we all believe. We have a common belief. Isn't that right? But when you get out at work and somebody says, well, you know, I think that gender diversity is kind of a good thing. And you would say, well, I kind of think it's a bit, a bit confusing. Why? Well, you can't say to somebody who's an unbeliever out there, somebody who's not acquainted with church, and say, well, Brother Branham said this. You, you can't say that to somebody without explaining who Brother Branham is. And why are you calling him brother? He's not your brother, right? So you have a lot of explaining to do when you do that. And it's good for you to have an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. 
Or why don't you girls cut your hair? Why don't you guys wear t- tattoos? Why don't you have earrings? What's wrong with earrings? Why don't you have, uh, you know, why don't you believe in, you know, going out on dates and going into a bar, going to a movie theater or something like that? Why, why, do, you, why do you believe there's certain things that you do? Well, you know what? There's some things that are going to drive you back into the scripture to give you an answer because when, when you can go back to the scripture, it's more authoritative than just saying, well, I feel this. Because you know what? They feel something else. And who are you over them? But when you can show them in the Bible, you know what? You're going to have more of an influence on their soul when you show them from the Scripture. So, for instance, like uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Okay, show me the law. Where does it say that? Good question. Because there isn't one. <clears throat> in Deuteronomy chapter 22, 5, you could ask the question, here's another reason why you need to study your Bible, why do we follow some commandments in Scripture in the Old Testament and not all? Deuteronomy 22, 5 says, The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Hey, You've heard Brother Brandon talk about that scripture very currently, right? That's something that we believe, right? Okay, that's Old Testament. Well, why don't we believe all the Old Testament? Believe you need to study your Bible? All right, here's another one. Women's hair. Do all things in the New Testament arise out of the Old Testament? Be careful how you answer now. Do all things that are in the New Testament, do they arise or come from the Old Testament? The Bible says, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. Good question. Why is it that a woman can't cut her hair? Why does a, uh, how is it that a man can? And if he can, how long is okay? Those are good questions. Believe you need to study your Bible? I said, do you believe you need to study your Bible? I was talking to, <clears throat> here's another one. I was talking to a man not long ago, and he was trying to discuss with me saying, aren't you ashamed to say that God created the heavens and the earth in six days? And I said, well, that's what the Bible said. And he said, we've got evidence and can prove that the world is millions of years old. And I said, that don't have anything to do with it. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. And then Brother Branham says, I believe every seed was laying right there from some other civilization or something. And as soon as the water lifted off and light struck it, up come the trees and everything. Okay, believe that? What's the other civilization then? Hello? Do you believe you need to study your Bible? Remember, if there's a Bible question, there's a Bible answer. Right? Sometimes your kids will ask you all kinds of questions. Do I have to dress up for church? Brother Branham said in The Spirit of Truth, 1963, God can raise up a little something, and altogether we denounce it. And instead of searching the scripture to see if it's right or not, we'll quickly throw it away. There's nothing to it. 
We ought to search out those things, find out whether they're right or not. So you remember, remember in the days prior to Y2K, remember that? And there was all kinds of people with all kinds of opinions about Y2K. And some people said, it's the end of the world. And you know what? Christians ought to be ready. And then there was other people saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I had a minister, I heard a minister say this in the message. He said, if I were you, he said, if you had any extra money, I'd go buy stocks on the stock market. Because he says it's probably going to dip real uh, far down. And he says, buy some stock and then it'll go back up again after Y2K and everything will be all right. You'll have made a bunch of money. Back before Y2K, there was a lot of things we didn't really know about whether those zeros were actually going to cause a problem in outer space and cause our computers to crash. And, and remember, Brother Bram said, if they're not right, they'll finally die. And every plant that my father has not planted will be rooted up. But I think Gamaliel made a great statement that time. If it be of God, we don't want to be found fighting against it. And if it's not of God, it'll come to naught anyway. So, study it and think on it. Study on it. And that's why we have Bible studies. That's why it's good for us to study. Now, a lot of you are looking at me funny in the face here, but I don't think you expected me to throw uh, questions at you like this. Uh, but it just gives us uh, an example. All I wanted to do was give you an example that there are some questions in there uh, in Scripture and in our experience and with children and raising children today. And, uh, you know, how do, how do your children handle uh, courtship and, you know, boys getting to know girls and girls getting to know boys? How do parents handle uh, sexual issues and moral issues when it comes to the time they have to deal with it. And some of those things are very, very difficult and they can be very uh, touchy things. So it's good for us to study the scripture so that we can go back and we can refer to it. And remember, if, uh, you know, if, if you don't have an answer, I'm going to give you some tools and resources that you can refer to. And then, of course, uh, you folks, you know, you have a pastor and uh, there's other ministers and so forth. And we can uh, generally uh, come to an understanding of things. So I, I believe this, that in time, God is faithful to uh, reveal to us everything that we have need of, everything that we need to know. I believe that God is faithful to reveal it. And a lot of times people will say, well, Brother Barry, where were you 20 years ago when I really needed this kind of instruction? Let me tell you something. God is never late. So you kids that are young here, uh, to me, it, it's a great blessing to have some of this information and some of this, uh, this, this uh, teaching so that we can capitalize on it. Now, if you will, Brother Jeremy, let's take, down, uh, let's take this down. These links are all included in your email, so you'll have this. And if, you don't, uh, if you're not able to uh, look at those right at the moment here. So we're going to bring this up now uh, on the screen, and some of this is live. Go to page, uh, the first page whatever your number is. Hey, uh, Brother Ben, would you grab me one of the, your sheets that are in the back out there, if you don't mind, so I'll just keep up with it. So there's just five things on the first page there under Bible study, and these are just five points. You can read them. Just want to go over, highlight them very quickly, that <clears throat> in our study, it's all about Christ. It's not about who's trying to gain the most knowledge, and it's not about always just checking the boxes. Thank you, sir. It's not always about checking the boxes and saying, I read all my Bible, I got it all done. 
the whole idea is not so much quantity, but communion. You want to read your Bible so that God can speak to you. You want to read your Bible so you can enjoy communion with Him. And all of the Bible, old and new, points to Christ. And if you can't see Christ in it, there is something you're missing. And in time, God will show you that everything in there points to Christ. And there's many, many examples. I like to study the scripture as if I'm going to tell somebody what I've learned. That's how I do it, because I, uh, I teach a lot. Uh, so I, I look at this like, uh, if I'm going to share this with somebody, if I get excited about reading a passage of scripture, or a chapter, or a section in the Bible, I would like to be able to understand it in such a way that I can relate to it. I often tell people who are, uh, you know, they're uh, entering into a time period where they might need to sign a contract or a rental agreement or a loan paper or a credit card statement or something else, applications for things. I always make sure to tell them, don't sign anything until you can tell me what you're signing in layman's terms. Make sure you understand it enough to explain what you're signing because then it's safer than you just taking the word of somebody else. And studying scripture is not much different. If you're reading, say, something in the Old Testament, something like uh, the book of Judges, and you look at it, I, I like to be able to understand it in a way that I can come to church and tell you about it, or tell somebody else, tell my family about it, or tell my grandkids about it, and uh, understand it to that point. And if we're not understanding it clearly, then we want to go back and take the micro look. So when I said macro, micro, macro, it means that sometimes we read the Bible, you know, we read through a Bible, in, uh, a Bible chapter. And we read through the, the whole chapter. And then there's something in there maybe that catches your attention. You're wondering why God makes mention of this and this and this several times in the chapter. So you're going to dig in and look, what does that word mean? Why does God say that word over and over again? And then when you come to an understanding of that, you dig into that and find, ah, oh, that's what that word actually means. Then you can uh, have that all figured out, make your notes in the margin of the Bible. Then you can stand back and read the Bible again, the macro view, and say, ah, okay, that makes more sense. So we're going to read it in a general sense, dig into some of those words, and then read it in the general sense again. And very often it'll make more sense when you do that. We're going to uh, try to find a point of, of a passage of Scripture or a chapter. Uh, and this is, this is to me a, uh, a, a, an important thing that it, the Bible is, uh, sometimes there are chapters dedicated to certain subjects, but many chapters have multiple subjects in them. So Matthew 17 is about forgiveness. Uh, Hebrews 11 is about faith, right? Uh, there are sections of the Bible, like uh, the last third of the book of Genesis is all about the life of Joseph and everything that happened to him. So there are sections of it that are dedicated uh, to different topics, and sometimes it's, it's a good exercise to find out what the point is. Number three, we want to identify the purpose of that passage. Why is it there, or what is God actually telling me? What is it that he wants me to learn? It's very well put together. It's written by numerous authors over 1,700 years, 66 books, over 40 authors, and nothing in the Bible contradicts itself. It's incredible. So God's got it figured out. We just want to make sure we get the point. Number four, understanding difficult portions of Scripture. Now, that's been something that, uh, to me, has been a challenge. Sometimes you come across things that are not easy to understand. Why does God say this here and then say this over here? 
And very often, uh, especially for you as a layperson, uh, you might not need to probe into that or wade into that, but I, when I find a controversy or if I find something that seemingly doesn't fit together well, I'll dig right into that. I'm like a beaver hearing the sound of running water. They can't resist. So when I hear a statement or something Brother Branham says and something that's, that looks like it's contrary to Scripture, I'll dig into that and find out why does he say that? Why? How, how, can, how can this match with that? And I'll stay with that. And very often I'll pray with that. And sometimes it might take weeks and months even to figure that out. But God in his season will reveal those things. So I don't shy away from difficult passages. One example would be marriage and remarriage. All right? Brother Branham had uh, God deal with him about marriage and divorce long before he preached the sermon. And there was things in there that he said, I know that if I got up and preached this, I would divide most churches in the country. It's that powerful and that emotional. And so he had to make sure he had everything right and then say what he had to say. Even when he said it, it was still difficult. But it, it made a huge difference because he knew, he knew, and God had vindicated to him many times, this is exactly what I want you to say. But sometimes those things don't come in an hour sitting. They take a long time. Sometimes you've got to lay it on the shelf, go back to it, lay it on the shelf, and go back to it. And again, it's not about knowledge, number five. Uh, it was written by inspired people, and therefore God is trying to inspire you. And it's never, it's never available for private interpretation. That's really important for us to understand. Now, <clears throat> if you turn over in your next page here, and that is page three, right? I did my original sheets, and then I had them copied. For you, so that's why there's an extra sheet inserted there. <clears throat> so, when it comes to studying the Bible, here are some things that I like to keep in mind here. And <clears throat> Brother Branham says at the very beginning, he says, "Now there are many words in our New King ja or in our New King James Version that seem very strange, but for me, the rest of you, brethren, can teach him any other version you want to. But I like the I like the King James Version." He said, just seems like more like the Bible to me. It's closer to the original. And so I like to do that. But there are statements in there uh, that would make more sense in the 16th century when King James's uh, associates wrote it. Uh, when, when it says in John chapter 14, in my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you so. We don't refer to uh, uh, houses like that in this, in this particular uh, age. But we have had uh, instruction now as to what those, what those verses actually mean. So on the bottom of the page here, the way I study and the way I think is effective for you is to do what's called a topical study. And a topical study means that we're just going to pick a topic and we're going to work on that topic. And there are simple studies from the scripture. The defini my definition is here. I wrote this. On one particular subject, for example, you may want to study faith, or you may want to study patience, or obedience, or health, or holiness, or parenting, or self-control, whatever. Those are topics. Now, you can read your Bible all the way through, and there's nothing in the world wrong with that. I would encourage you to do that if you've never done it. But you may want to look up a topic, like you might be coming here on a Wednesday night and talking about the things adoption teaches us, and I would bring up something, and you'd say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Maybe it's something related to holiness or something. And so you want to check that out. My goodness, 
That's, that's an interesting word. I never thought about that word. You might want to study it. Or for your own reason, like if you're entering into the season where uh, you might be interested in a boy or you know, courting in that age right there. Well, there's some things that you might want to know uh, about the, what the Bible teaches. And so that's what we would refer to as a topical study. Okay? So let's look at some of the tools that help us in a topical study. <clears throat> if you look on the top of page four, I put a quote in here, and watch what Brother Branham says. He says, now, with all the commentaries and so forth that I could not have, I could not have brought all the books. So I just wrote down each time upon paper here little notes from history, commentaries, and so forth, that I might be able to just read it from the notes here instead of having the book stop. Now, tonight I brought a bunch of books just to show you that those books actually do exist. Let me show you one. This is one of my favorite books, and it's a biography of Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards lived here in America, in the Connecticut area, and he was the one who was living at the time of the Great Awakening. And he, pre he preached a very famous sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And it, and it literally lit the country on fire uh, back in that day. The reason I found this so interesting is because, you know, Brother Branham would say, well, you might say you're a Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. You might say that. This goes back and gives the history of what those denominationals were, what those churches were, before they began to get off the word. And it tells about the influence of Methodism in the U.S. It tells about the influence of Presbyterianism and Baptist, the Baptist church and so forth early in the country. And it gives a really great history leading to the time of Pentecost, 1906. And when I read this, I thought, wow, that makes sense. That's why Brother Brandon would say this and this and this. Because historically, that's, that's where God was leading those people. And then Pentecost came and a prophet came after that. It kind of lines up. It makes sense. And if you know, I've I, I read lots of books on Martin Luther uh, in my time. And then when I read this, this kind of connected between Martin Luther's era, the 1500s, and Pentecost, which happened in 1906, and it kind of filled in the gap for me. And I thought, ah, that's why so many things Brother Branham said, make, they, they make sense now because historically that's the way it was back in that day of the Great Awakening and the Methodist Church when they were real Methodists and the Baptists when they were real Baptists. Nowadays, you've got to watch the Baptist Church. Because the Baptist Church is, I mean, they're making votes and decisions about all kinds of things. And whether you realize it or not, Rick Warren, the pastor in California, a uh, very famous author, he was the one who was pushing secretly to have women preachers in the Baptist Church. And eventually voted it down. But his wife's probably a preacher, I don't know. But he was the one behind all of that. And they eventually voted it down and so forth. But the Baptist Church is splitting all kinds of places because there's people trying to inject things that are not scriptural into their teaching. This talks about when they were real, godly, Bible-believing people. And that history is really exciting. To me, it was really exciting. Now watch what he said. Brother Bram says, <clears throat> I'll read it here for the notes instead of having turned through the pages. However, when it comes to the scripture, we'll use the Bible. So we carry our Bible to the pulpit, he said. And then in the commentary, I'll explain, or the history, who the historian was that said it and so forth. In other words, I'm going to give you the titles, the authors, the links, like I'm doing here tonight. And he says, so that, uh, so forth, of course, in the event of the coming book, and the coming book is a church age book. It was being written and compiled when Brother Branham said this. 
And so he said, in the, com- in the event of the coming book, why then we can type it all up right then and get everything did all right. We'll get everything uh, edited and everything will be in place. The church age books, what Brother Vale uh, helped to put together. So Brother Branham was hoping to have, uh, you know, some of this uh, background and why he chose the uh, seven church age messengers and, the, and the, the teachings they had and put it together in a concise, edited format rather than just a particular sermon. And that's what he did in the church age book. But Brother Branham often did the same thing. He had commentaries and he had books and he had uh, histories and so forth. And instead of bringing the book like I'm bringing tonight, he took a page out and wrote a, maybe a quote out and brought it to the church and told him this is where I got this and, and in teaching that because there's supplementary things that help us to understand. Okay? Everybody all right? Follow, follow me now. Here's one site that I think is really great to do a uh, study. It's called the King James Bible and it's called thekingsbible.com. And you can go there. This is a great site. So let's look at something. Uh, let's, just say, let's just say we want to find, uh, just for fun, let's go to uh, Nehemiah. So we just click on Nehemiah. There's chapter 1. Well, a couple of Sundays ago we were talking about chapter 4, right? So let's go to chapter 4. There we are. Now you can do this on your, on your device. You can scroll down. To chapter 4. Now, here's verse 1. But it came to pass when Sambalat heard that uh, we builded the wall. He was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Now, notice to the right-hand side, there's a little black box there. It's a Bible. If I click on that Bible, it'll give me words there that are highlighted that I can click on to have the meaning of. So, for instance, it says they were filled with indignation. I can click on indignation, and it says anger or extreme anger, mingled with contempt, disgust, and abhorrence. So they were really upset with Nehemiah. So let's go back and let's scroll down a little bit here in verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews and will they fortify themselves? He spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria. Well, where's Samaria? I'll click on the round icon. That's a map. Ha! Look at that. Now it tells me exactly where Samaria is. It's right here in the middle. And I can enlarge that. So if you're doing a a Sunday school lesson, you Sunday school teachers here, you ought to run up and shake my hand for this. I can reduce this down. I can print out this page if I want to. I can copy this and I can send this out here. So we know exactly now where we're talking about. This is Samaria. We click this. You all can have this. There's no fee. It's free. You can get on the kingsbible.com and go for it. So we want to go down here. Remember we were talking about the rubbish? Verse 10, And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build a wall. Huh. So, let's find out what those words mean. Rubble. Rubble is the word for rubbish, vulgar, and not used. So the word rubbish is not actually uh, used in the sense that uh, it's a common word back then, but it meant rubble. There was stuff in the way in that uh, in the pathway. Now that's not much of a definition for us, but you know what? Brother Branham helped us to understand what that actually meant. Right? We have great resources to do that. So, verse 8, and conspired all of them together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. We're going to look at the map, tell us exactly where we are. We can look at those words. And, sorry. We're going to look at those words and hinder. How did they hinder that, the, the, the saints from building the wall? 
It means to stop, verse 1, to stop or to interrupt. Sorry, the print is small. Let's see if we can make this larger. <laughs> Who knew? To stop or interrupt or obstruct, to impede or prevent from moving forward by any means. It is applicable to any subject, physical, moral, or intellectual. So there's a cross-reference as well. Luke chapter 11, I can click on that. comes over here on the side of the screen. Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge and entered not in yourself. So there's a parallel. Everybody following me? This is all free. You can do this. I'm just clicking away here, and Jeremy got me live. Uh, so we're actually who? What kind of, what, what, how cool is that church? We can actually do it online, and wow, that's really great. Don't tell anybody we're doing this, all right? I'll get all kinds of criticism for doing this. <clears throat> so this is just one resource, and this, is, this to me is great. So I can study any book in the Bible, and I can, I can take a passage. I can look at that, click on that, go to any, uh, any passage here, and uh, I can look at it. I can click on any of these verses here. And then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee. Boom, there it is. And I can look at these words here and have meanings of them. And then you can apply them. There's also cross-references cross -references that are in there. On the sides of these, uh, of these studies as well, you'll find Bible topics over here. So, for instance, if we wanted to do a Bible story, this is great. We can scroll down and pick. If you're a Sunday school teacher, for instance, if you're wanting something for your kids here, uh, we can say the visit of the shepherds, all right, and the birth of Jesus. So we can click on that, and this gives us the passage of Scripture where, that talk, where that's talked about. Or whatever subject it is that you want to, uh, uh, to, to look at and to be able to study, there, there are uh, commentaries here, there's Bible stories that are in here, and it's all based on Scripture. It's all based on the King James Bible. So there's no new modern uh, versions here. I find this to be an absolutely great resource. And it's easy. You can have it on your phone. You can have it on your laptop or whatever else. And it just gives you a quick way to navigate. So if you're looking for a particular, uh, particular subject that you want to look at, here's all of the stories related to Father Abraham, the story of Joseph, story of Moses, John the Baptist, ministry of Jesus, parables. So if you want to take a parable of uh, the prodigal son, there it is right there. And you can have that scripture at your fingertips and look at that, print that out put it together uh, with your other uh, information that you have. So that's just, that's just, for example, one tool that you can use, and I find that to be really handy. You've got that in your links there. So <clears throat> Bible, stool, buddy, Bible study tool number one is a good study Bible. And what I have is a wonderful Bible, uh, study Bible here, meaning that it has... Uh, some of the notes and cross-references in the, uh, in the uh, margins and so forth, and it has Schofield notes on the bottom of it here, which Brother Branham often referred to, and these are sometimes little extra insights on the Scripture. But I will tell you this, if you don't have money for anything else to get a good Bible that has a concordance and has uh, you know, easy-to-read uh, material for you in there, that's the first step, that's the first investment and to get you one, and there's, there's, uh, you can look at them online. There is a great resource that I go to all the time, and it's, C, it's Christian Book Distributors, 
And I know these folks. They, they live in Connecticut. I've met them before. And when I was doing uh, Christian uh, prints, uh, framing, and so forth, uh, they contacted me, and we shared databases, actually, for addresses and marketing. Uh, these are real nice Christian folks, and they, they're more family-owned uh, and operated. But they have one of the largest and easiest to access uh, resources for Bibles that you'll find. Now, I apologize for all the advertising that goes on when you're on the web, but you're used to that if you're doing any sort of searching at all. But 1-800-CHRISTIAN is the number, and you'll find there christianbook.com is the website, and you can find all manner. When we go to give gift Bibles for graduates here, that's where I'll go. So we can find whatever type of Bible that we want to find. So that's a great site. Second tool here is a concordance. And a concordance is simply is simply one of these. Now, I got you the print form, and in your, uh, in your notes, you'll find places where you can find concordances online, and it lists every, every word in Scripture and everywhere you find it. So if you're doing a study on bread, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You can look up bread. It'll show you every place where bread is actually mentioned in Scripture, old and new, and it'll be a handy reference for you. So you don't need to read through the Bible to find all that, but a concordance is where you'd find it. And obviously you can do that online. So that's the second tool that is really helpful. The third one is a Bible dictionary. And a Bible dictionary, I don't know if I even brought one. A Bible dictionary is something that helps explain some of the terms in Scripture. So again, if you were looking at bread... Uh, it would have a section on bread and it'll kind of give you the story about uh, what bread symbolizes and where you'd find it in the scripture. And it's more of a, uh, a narrative than just a concordance. A concordance is only going to give you a listing of places, but uh, a, a dictionary is going to give you some explanation about what it is you're going to find when you get there. And those are handy to have. In your notes here and in the links that I sent you, you're going to have places where you can actually purchase these things, okay? So that you can have, um, you, can, you can purchase them from here, obviously Amazon or anywhere like that. But in my notes, there are places where you can get ones that I recommend. <clears throat> so a good study Bible, a concordance, a dictionary, and then a cross-reference guide. Cross-reference guide comes in lots of different formats, but here's one. And I really like this. Somebody gave me this, actually, as a gift. It's a comparative uh, study Bible, which means that it has four different versions of the Bible in here. Okay? So the King James is right here. The Amplified Version is right here. This is the New American Standard, and the NIV is over on this side. Now, I generally don't read those ones because I just don't prefer the language, but I often use these two here, the King James and the Amplified. And the Amplified will obviously use more words to explain what the King James Version is saying. It won't change the meaning. It'll just give you more words there to, to use. So a comparison Bible, very easy to find. Again, you can find it on this site right here. Uh, very easy to find. So it gives you another way of reading the same verse of Scripture. Okay? Doesn't change the meaning. It'll add some words for you. <clears throat> you can also utilize a commentary. And a commentary is where somebody goes down through a chapter or a section of the Bible and gives you explanation of every verse. 
I can show you places, Seed of Discrepancy, the sermon Brother Brandon preached in 1965, is a great example where Brother Brandon goes down through Matthew 13 and he goes almost verse by verse and tells us what's in each verse, what that means. It's really great. When he does the, the seven seals, and we're going to study the seven seals, I hope you all have your copy of the book, but when we go down through that, you're going to find Brother Branham going down through those verses of Scripture and helping us to understand this is what the dragon stands for. This is what, you know, it says when he uh, spurt fire out of his mouth and what this means and so forth. And he'll take you to different Scriptures and tie them together. And it's a great commentary. Uh, I mean, there's some really interesting and wonderful things that are there. I will tell you one of the best ones that I find. The COD book, Conduct, Order, and Doctrine is a great resource because in it, Brother Branham opened up to the people and said, if you have a question, write it down and give it to me. And so he would take a stack of questions instead of from the audience, and he'd take a stack of questions and deal with them. And the whole series, these two books, are filled with uh, Brother Branham dealing with just questions that people have over every subject under the sun. Everything from what kind of pajamas should I wear to what does this Bible verse mean or something else? Uh, I mean, it was incredible, the questions they asked him, and, the, and uh, it was incredible. But I find this is a great, if you're looking for a short sermon, like a one or two paragraph sermon to read, this is where you'll find it. And if you don't have a copy of that, good luck, because I don't think they're any more in print. Um, I printed it in Spanish for the Spanish-speaking folks, and they've loved it. Uh, in, in South America. They just love it because uh, they have the whole book now in, uh, in booklets and it's just been a great blessing to them. But uh, we're going to do it in English eventually. But uh, let me tell you, this, this is a great resource because you have a lot of uh, information that's contained in this little series. And in the back, there's a concordance, an index. So if you're, at, if you're wondering about the book of life, is the Lamb's book of life and the book of life the same book? Well, it gives you where the, what question number was and what page number it's found on. So all of these questions that were asked, Brother Branham, are listed in the back. And so you can easily find uh, whatever it is that you're looking for. You see, Brother Barry, we should just stick with the message in the Bible. Hey, if you don't have anything else or you don't, you don't have any other time for anything else, read the message and read the Bible. Not in that order. Read the Bible, read the message. <clears throat> but Brother Branham often read, as I mentioned to you, he said the commentaries that I read, and he said, I'm bringing you a reference here. This book was always by Brother Branham's bedside, The Sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink. A.W. Pink was a Scottish preacher. And uh, for about 25 years, he never came out and shook hands with the people at the end of the church because he didn't want to take any credit for what God had revealed. He said, it's all God. So he didn't want to go up back and people say, wow, great sermon today. Because he realized that all of this comes from God. It took him 25 years to soften up on that stand and realize that, you know, God does use human beings to convey the revelation that he gives and so forth. So he eventually shook hands with the people after church. And, and imagine being in his church and not being able to shake the pastor's hand for 25 years. Brother Branham loved this book. This is a tremendous book. And, and A.W. Pink had a real, real solid revelation of the sovereignty of God and predestination to a point. Brother Branham came along and finished with, with the brush strokes that he put in there uh, in, in talking about attributes. But let me tell you, this is a book that's often quoted by many ministers because it is such a solid uh, writing. And this is, uh, this is easily available. 
for sure. So there's many other uh, resources like that. One of the things, this is my mother-in-law's uh, Bible, actually, and uh, I inherited her, uh, her books and her Bibles, but this is what's called a margin Bible. So that it actually has, it's real small, but it actually has lines here that you can make notes on. That's what the purpose of this is. So when somebody's working on a verse in church, say, or in your own reading, you can make notes in the margins here. Instead of marking up your Bible itself, you can mark on the margins here and write notes and references and cross-references. That this scripture ties with that scripture. So when Brother Brandon preached the rapture, he goes back to Psalm 27, as we said before, 1 to 5. He ties that over with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. The Lord himself shed the same with the heaven from heaven with a shout and the voice and the trump of God and so forth. And he connects those two. So when you're reading one, you can write a reference here. And so <clears throat> give me a, very quickly, give me a topic. Somebody give me a topic. Anybody at all? Love. Love? Love? Is that what you said? Good topic, Henry. Let's go back here. Let's go back to this. And let's see if we can type in the word love there, if you will, Jeremy. I don't have a keyboard up here. So here's love, and here's all the places in Scripture where love is found. There's a lot of places. That's only page one. Here's page two. So you can begin to study on any of this here, uh, Old Testament, New Testament. Obviously, we have a lot of place, uh, places here. So let's talk about love one towards another. In Ephesians 4, 2, with lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. So here's the chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. We're all called as sons and daughters of God with all lowliness and meekness. Let's click on the words here. So we want to look at <clears throat> long-suffering. Let's look at lowliness and meekness. Lowliness means a freedom from pride. Wow. So when we walk as Christians, we should walk in a way that is free from pride, and we should have a humbleness of mind. That's what that word actually means. And meekness, which means softness. Look at that first, first word there. Softness of temper. Meekness means softness of temper. And in an evangelical sense, we're going to walk humbly. We're going to be submissive to the divine will. We're not going to murmur or be peevish. We're not going to complain. We're going to love what God tells us to do. It's the opposite of pride, arrogance, and refractoriness. And meekness is a grace which Jesus alone inculcated and which no ancient philosopher seems to have understood or recommended. So that's just that one word uh, for in the first of the verse there. And in love, it is a general sense to be pleased with, to regard with affection. And here's the whole definition of the, uh, of the word love as it's found in the scripture there. Here are some cross-references that go with that. You can see that's a very... A uh, popular word and it's a very uh, powerful word found in many places in Scripture. So as quickly as that, we could do a study on any subject at all. Okay, I put in your links also a link for the Message Hub, and this is the work of Cloverdale. And in here, if you want to find any sermon in English or any other language in the world, it's right here. Jeremy, type in the word love right there. So let's find sermons that have the word love in them. And here they all are. 
So I can click on any one of these right here, Henry, and I can look at this. <clears throat> and we can look on the seated discrepancy, and I can look at the book right here. It's downloaded. I can open the file. You can open the file, and there's a seated discrepancy. So I can look at that, and I can read down through it, and here's Brother Random's sermon on the seated discrepancy. So I know that that subject, Allah, he deals with this in this subject, in this sermon here. Okay? As quickly as that, we can have those kinds of resources. Okay? Now, here's something you may never have seen. This is an, what's called an intuitive message search program that was written by Lucas and his brother Steve and two other brothers in the world. And you can type in, <coughs> uh, Jeremy, type in love the brethren here for me. Love the brethren. No, put, type in love my brother. I can find exactly the exact match. And here are all the places in the message where Brother Branham uses that phrase, love my brother. <clears throat> I just did that. Here we go. And every place where in the message where Brother Branham uses that phrase, love my brother, it's right there. But what's neat about this website is that it's intuitive. If I click on dynamic, it will give me every place where Brother Branham talks about the idea of loving my brother. So he may not use that exact phrase, but he's using the exact idea. And that's what's really neat. So if you're looking, <clears throat> you're looking up a certain subject uh, and you want to find... Maybe you don't have exactly the right phrase that Brother Branham says. You can click on dynamic and it'll find, uh, it'll find all kinds of sermons and, and quotes where Brother Branham talks about that subject. Okay? You, what you need to do is practice a little bit. We can actually take a session and we can practice on this a little bit. Uh, but this is really a handy, powerful way for you to search the message. So we have between that, this site... And between the King James, uh, the King, the KingsBible.com, we can find uh, all of the biblical references and begin to break them down. And we can do the message search and find out anywhere where Brother Branham talked about that. We can click on Message Hub and we can look up that particular sermon. And we can listen to that as well. On this site, you can listen to it or you can print it out as paper. You can look at it online. Either way, there are all kinds of resources. And you have all of these links here. Uh, on, your, uh, on your system tonight so that I, I sent it to you so that you'd have it. There are several other uh, references and links there as well. <clears throat> I know I'm throwing a lot at you here, a lot of information, and what you'd want to do is uh, maybe listen to that, go through your notes there because everything I've said is in my notes here. I gave you a little example of a short study, gave you an example of a longer one, and... Uh, as a family, you may even want to do that. If you have a, uh, you know, a bigger screen in your house and you want to uh, put up these links here, you can follow this as a family and say, what are we going to study tonight? Well, uh, we pick a subject and we can look at that. And everybody can contribute, look at what uh, the Bible says about it, look at what those words mean. We can look at what Brother Branham said about it. We can listen to a sermon about it or a section of a sermon about it. Every single sermon that you want to hear Brother Branham is on YouTube. I don't often send people to YouTube obviously, because there's all kinds of other stuff that's on there. But every sermon of Brother Bram's on YouTube. And so uh, if you're driving, and I often do, I'll put on a sermon and uh, have my, uh, my buds and I'll put them on there and 
let me tell you, it's a great, it, it, it's a great way to spend the time driving, and I do a lot of driving, so uh, it's a, a great resource that I have. There's lots more. I just wanted to introduce this much to you tonight so that you'd have some places that you can practice and uh, look up and ideas that you want to look up. Hope that's a help. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stop here tonight. Have our musicians come back up to the platform. <clears throat> I have these resources here, the ones that you see. And I just brought these along so that you could actually see the book. But um, I have some of these. And you're certainly welcome to, if somebody would like to take, you know, borrow one of these and take a look at them, you're always welcome to do that if, if I'm around and be glad to share them with you here. But uh, I put these tools specifically uh, on your email update so that you'd have, uh, if you had those resources on your own. So everything I've got in print, you've got over here uh, on this side, okay? Trust that that's a help, and it'll be things that you can use as you go forward in, in doing your own study. And it's, I think it's a great thing for you to uh, practice and pick topics and work through them. I think it's a great thing for us to, uh, to do. Let's sing that little chorus, Majesty, Majesty. <clears throat> Let's worship together tonight just for a little while. Majesty, worship His majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise, majesty, worship, authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthem raise so
Lord. We fall down. We worship. <clears throat> I believe this, that God is honored when we honor His Word. In all of our busyness and all the affairs of life, like Mitchell said, you know, you kind of get that feeling of things spinning out of control. It's nice to be able to go back to God's Word because that's an anchor for us. That's solid. And I believe when we, when we honor God by reading His Word, I believe God loves that. I believe God blesses that. I believe that God blesses that effort. And I, I, I just, for me, I, I, you can have it all, but don't take my Bible, for sure. You can have it all, but don't take the reveal word of the hour. You can't take that away from the bride because it's in her heart. It's something we esteem above our necessary meat, the Bible says. And I believe that God loves it when you spend time in the word and, and uh, you know, searching out things. And like those in Berea, they were diligent in searching things out. The word Berea means well-watered. And whenever, you know, whenever Paul came to them, they were a people who moved quickly. They were, they were following Paul. They recognized him as a messenger. And they were well-watered. They were not stiff and dying and starchy. They were well-watered. They, uh, they, they were a people who loved to search things that they heard in the Scripture. God commended them for that. We fall down. We lay our crown. follow it and we have the revelation of when it's quickened to us Lord we'll never go astray Lord teach us be that spirit of truth in every one of us Lord that quickens that word and makes it real we love you Lord we thank you for all you provided we thank you Lord for all the resources that we have at our fingertips that we can utilize today and to be able to learn and grow and to be able to understand the principles found in scripture Lord, I believe there's no question that's too hard for you. 
And I believe, Lord, you've given us resources that we can work our way through every situation that arises in our lives. Help us, Lord, I pray. May we be submissive and obedient to your word in every way. We love you and we thank you, Lord. Minister to those who are sick now, especially, Lord. And we've mentioned names tonight. We think of those, Lord, that are hurting. Brother Tom, Lord, in the hospital. Sister Rebecca, Ivy, Lord, Brother Ethan. Brother Fulcher, just so many others, Lord, that are needing a touch tonight. I commit them into your hands, Lord. Have your way, we pray now. Bring us back, Lord, at the appointed time. Bless our young people's gathering, Lord, on Friday night. We pray that you'd meet with them, Lord, and minister to their hearts. Have your way, we pray. And we'll submit ourselves to you, Lord. In Jesus' name and for your glory, we ask these things. Amen. And amen. Sing it as you go tonight. God bless you. We fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. Greatness of His mercy and love at the feet.